have any quarrelling between you and me, or between your herdsmen and mine, for we are brothers. Is not the whole land before you? Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Lot looked up and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan was well watered, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt towards Zohar. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out towards the east. The two men parted company. Abram lived in the land of Canaan, while Lot lived among the cities of the, of the plain and pitched his tents near Sodom, near the men of Sodom, where wicked and were, sin, were, were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, This is Acts 5, verses 1 to 5. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land. Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied to men, but to God. When Ananias heard this, He fell down and died. And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Amen. Morning. Morning, everybody. We do thank God for the work he does in our lives. What a fantastic, inspiring song that is. And I've got to say this morning, uh, thank you, all of you, for being such an amazing fellowship of people, a fellowship of believers. And I know we're, we're not all the same and we don't all think the same, but we do seem to be able to come together in some way, um, in some degree of unity before God. And that is an amazing thing. Um, and thank you to the readers as well. Um, the, this morning I came and thought, well, I'll just ask a couple of people to read. And they can say no or they can say yes. And they both said yes. So thank you very much. And what an amazing thing that is that you can come and people will just join in. I reckoned up this morning, there's probably all told about 25 people who are actively involved in this meeting this morning to some degree or other. And whether it's on the podium, whether it's in the music, whether it's in the um, kitchen, whether it's at the door, wherever it is, probably about 25 people. That's a lot of people. So thank you, all of you. So you may have twigged um, so far, been paying attention, that uh, we're going to be looking at uh, actions and consequences this morning. And if I could have the first slide. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Uh, Actions and consequences this morning. We've already had some uh, thoughts on that as part of the children's talk. And children are so refreshing, aren't they? They just get straight into it. There's no questions at all about it. And I love particularly Elijah's uh, comment about vegetables. What do you do with vegetables? Well, you just give them to your mum. Fantastic. Just just genius. Genius. Genius comment that an adult would never think of. 
absolutely fantastic. But we do all the actions that we take in our day-to-day life and all the choices that we make in our day-to-day life do have consequences. And I think this guy sitting in the chair there, he probably thinks nothing's going to happen. But I reckon in about 10 seconds, he's probably going to realise what the consequence of his uh, most recent action has been. So, uh, next slide, please. We are aware in our lives from our own experience that the actions that we take, the consequences, the, the actions that we take and the choices that we make do have consequences. And whilst God gives us the power to make choices, I'm afraid we can't choose the consequences of those choices. So, I'm going to have to flash up a bit of a warning, I'm afraid. Go have the next slide. There it is. Life, I'm afraid, is not fair. Sorry, everybody, those of you who are prosperity gospelers, I'm afraid. Life is not fair. And I think that probably relates to most people's experience some of the time, if not all of the time. I thought I'd give you an example before we talk about the uh, Bible uh, Bible readings uh, today of uh, some of the examples of uh, some of the choices I've made and, and that have affected my life recently, just a couple, and how they've um, affected us. So uh, picture the scene, 1992, uh, bright, enthusiastic, uh, young married couple, married for about probably, what we say, about eight months, something like that. Um, up to my armpits in debt, had a mortgage the size of an arm, a leg, another arm, and probably half my other leg as well, um, because that's what everybody did. And um, a wife, seven months pregnant, uh, with our first child. And uh, so what do you do when you're in that situation? Can we have the next slide, please? I went out and bought an Aston Martin. Funny, sad, but true. Okay, Not proud of it, but that's what happened. So the consequence of that action, and we can explore that, and those of you who want to explore it with me afterwards, very happy to talk about it. Very happy to talk about it. But the consequence of that action was, thankfully for a short time, a slightly grumpy wife. Anyway, moving on. Go over the next slide, please. Uh, Something else that's affecting us in our family at the moment is uh, lung cancer. And uh, this, for those of you who don't know, is a chest X-ray. And that big kind of, on the right, that big kind of black, uh, sort of greyish white blob that you can see on the right is a lung cancer. It's about the same size as the one in my dad's chest, except his is on the other side. And, uh, yeah, I suppose the choice there was to smoke. And the consequence is lung cancer. doesn't happen all the time, but it is a consequence. And it's not fair. But choices are revealing. Can we have the next slide, please? Because choices do reveal, um, do uh, dictate our actions. And they also are a bit of a window as to our priorities and to our inner desires. And those of us who have faith... Um, know that your inner person is where you really have your relationship with God. And from that inner relationship comes your desires, your priorities, your choices, which then are the window which everybody else sees, which are the actions that we take. So let's begin to look at the uh, Bible readings that they have this mor- we've had this morning, both of which are, in some ways, quite challenging, really. 
Um, so the first one was uh, the Old Testament reading. And I deliberately chose one from the Old Testament, one from the New Testament, because we, we kind of have this feeling that, that um, the Old Testament God is kind of somehow different to the New Testament God. Well, here's the thing. He isn't. So, the uh, background to the first reading, of course, we've got Abraham and Lot, their nephews, and they're basically doing quite well. Abraham's made quite a bit of cash in the previous uh, verses. But there's a bit of an issue. They're grazing their flocks, their animals on the same land, and there's a bit of aggro, a bit of argy-bargy. The herdsmen are getting into fights, that kind of stuff. So Abraham finds a vantage point. Next slide, please. Finds... um, a vantage point. Ne- next slide, please, Mary. Thank you. And uh, I like to think that this is a photograph of how it actually happened. I'm, I'm sure it isn't, but he gets himself uh, onto a, a high place and says, right, okay, now look, Abraham says a lot, choose yourself, where do you want to be? Bit of aggro. We can sort this out. You choose where you want to be. And you go left, I'll go right. I'll go left, you go right, whatever it is. And that's the way we'll sort it out. So Lot says, oh, fantastic, absolutely brilliant. Is it possible to go back a slide? Yeah. So Lot decides that he's going to choose the fertile land. And why wouldn't you? It's down in the valley there, um, in the uh, River Jordan. It's fertile. There's loads of green stuff. We'll go down there. Absolutely fantastic. Very sensible choice. That then leaves Abraham with the uh, land at higher altitude, poor quality vegetation, not quite so much good stuff going on there. But that's the choice that Lot makes. Now... I don't know, but I can't help but feeling the fact that, in view of subsequent events, that those pastures are quite close to a place called Sodom, may well have had a part to play in Lot's decision. I don't know that. But it seems that it didn't take much effort on Lot's part, as we read subsequent verses, for him to get closer and closer and closer to Sodom until until the end he was sitting at the gates um, on the city, in the city. So his desires influenced his priorities, influenced his choices, and then ultimately influenced his actions, which was to move closer to Sodom. And of course, the eventual outcome of that, however you dress it up, the eventual outcome of that was that he um, was saved, thankfully, from uh, Sodom. But on the way, as he was leaving, his wife looked back, turned into a pillar of salt. And, of course, in subsequent verses, you've got that whole weird thing where his daughters get him, get him drunk and there's a kind of an incestuous relationship going on. So that kind of small decision on that hillside that we saw led to a whole change of events, some of which were good, some of which were not so good. So it just makes the point the choices that we make can have far-reaching and sometimes unforeseen consequences. But then, of course, in the uh, in the um, verses sub- uh, around this that we've just read, there's that really weird discussion where Abraham has this discussion with God about whether he is actually going to destroy Sodom or not. And there's a kind of almost a negotiation going on. Well, uh, if you can find 50 people in uh, Sodom, then uh, will you not uh, destroy it? No, I won't destroy it. Well, what about 45? Oh, okay, well, 45. Well, what about 40? Oh, okay, 40. What about 30? Oh, okay, 30. So it kind of implies that God's changing his mind. And then, of course, those of you who, who want to read afterwards in, in the verses when Lot is leaving Sodom, uh, he, the angels tell him, look, go up onto the high ground where you'll be safe. And Lot got to love Lot, says, 
It's a bit high, that, up there. Can I not just walk along there to Zohar, where it's flat? It's a bit easier there. And so, and so rather than... The angels say, no, don't be stupid, smack, get up there. They say, yeah, yeah okay, go along to Zohar. So it, it kind of gives us, from our worldly view, it gives us the view, it gives us the view that God is changing his mind, it gives us the view that God is malleable, that we have some control on God's plan. Well, here's the thing. We don't. It's all part of God's plan. Put in place before we were created and before we were even thought of. Next slide, if we could, please. Oh, well done. Very good. Thank you. So sometimes bad things happen. Sometimes good things happen. So let's move to our New Testament reading. And I deliberately chose this one because it really um, illustrates that the character of of God is the same in the New Testament as it is in the Old Testament. Now, we all know the story. It's Ananias Ananias and Sapphira. It's at that wonderful time that some people look back to at the formation of the early church, this idyllic time where, well, possessions weren't important. Nobody, nobody bought an Aston Martin then, did they? Nobody, uh, nobody had anything, uh, that wasn't in the communal, uh, ownership. People, if they needed anything, they sold things. And how wonderful it was. And wouldn't it be great if we could all be that way again? Well, yeah, it would. But, I've got to tell you, it wasn't perfect. Because Ananias and Sapphira had a bright idea. Next slide, if you could, could please. While everybody else was moving mountains together and being unified and all the rest of it, both Ananias and his wife, I might add, decided to sell their land. Very good. Give some of the proceeds to the group. Okay, you can understand that. I'll keep a bit. Fair enough. It's their stuff. But then lied about it. Yeah, lied about it. So there was a kind of a real dishonesty about it and a real deceit and a real uh, concealment. Um, And of course, what happened? Well, there's no argument. They're dead, both of them. I asked Gary to read this morning this passage because I reckoned he was the only one in the church who could use the word dead with sufficient gravity. And uh, and I thank you, Gary, for the way you did the reading. It's absolutely superb. Um, so, uh, so yeah, dead. Absolutely no arguments about it. So, again, those, con- those actions and those choices had consequences. So how does this, how does this, um, how does this tally with our view of um, the Old Testament, fire, brimstone, wrath, all the rest of it, and the New Testament, maybe, love, peace, reconciliation, all that kind of stuff? Well... Next slide, please. God is the same. God was the same. God is the same. And the key thing is that God is outside time. And there are some Bible verses here which um, suggest, which people have used, I've heard people use either way in the past. But the fact is God is unchanging and we just have to, ex- we just have to accept that. What's different is our perspective. So when we see things from our selfish, down-on-earth perspective, uh, and we are all me, 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 me. You're not, of course. I am. Um, <laughs> but uh, we are you know, selfish at the heart of it, a lot of us. And uh, so we kind of see this change, or apparent change, in what, what God does. And regard it as a change of mind or a change of character, but that really isn't the same. It isn't the case. God is the same. So that sometimes leads us to some mistaken theologies. Can we have the next slide, please? 
Yeah, thank you. So we'll just rattle through these. We all know that good things don't always happen to good people. We all know people who are, well, toe rags, shall we say, who prosper. And we all know that bad things don't only happen to bad people. And we also know that this yin-yang, everything kind of balances out in the overall cosmic good versus bad kind of debate is rubbish as well. But we also know that as believers that we have a spiritual dimension to this which includes the eternal and that God is indeed in control. And things don't just balance out. There is a victory here. There is a victory here for each and every one of us which has been achieved through the birth, teaching, death, resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that's what we need to be hanging on to. But, next slide please, not all of the biblical choices are bad. I've deliberately chosen two which are, uh, are a bit depressing this morning. But let's be honest, there are lots of things that we can celebrate. And we do celebrate, as we did in that last song, the gifts that God gives us every day. And there are lots of examples, you know, healing, the calling of God's disciples, the of Jesus' disciples, provision of food and water, the thief on the cross, of course, who was at the very last moment would be with Jesus in heaven that very day. And of course the other one which I always like is Enoch, who just walked with God. How amazing is that? Walked with God. So next slide please. This really comes down to who is in control. And some of us, when particularly if you're looking at uh, American uh, tele-evangelists, which I occasionally do on TBN, this uh, television channel, which you can get on Freeview. It's quite good. Some of them are quite good. But occasionally you'll see these uh, usually American uh, um, uh, prosperity gospel type people who, who will tell you, you know, there is a heavenly cash point there which you can tap into. There is a heavenly one-armed bandit that you can um, pull, and if the stars are in alignment, um, and if you have enough faith, and if you have enough this, and if you have enough of that, then the heavenly cash point will open. Well, that's not the case. And it already comes down to who is in control, because the prosperity-type uh, movement would have us in control. Next slide, please. Yeah, thank you. Um, would have us in control. And we're not. God is in control. God is in control of our lives. So we have all the omnis. He's omnipotent. Um, all the, what are all the omnis? I can't remember the omnis. Omnipotent, omniscient. What's the other one? Om, what? Omnipresent, thank you. Shouldn't there be one that says vision as well? Omni-optic omni, omni or something? Maybe there isn't. Well, no, we should make one. Maybe, maybe there should be four omnis. Oh, does it? No, that's uniopty. <laughs> um, and God does give us, of course, in his power, he does give us the freedom of choice. And yet, weirdly, he does know in advance the choices that we're going to make. And I'm sorry to continue the vegetable analogy from the, the kids earlier, but you know this really wrecks your head, this, doesn't it? That God gives us free choice, so we can choose whatever choice we want. We can do whatever we want. I could jump off there if I wanted to. But God knows already before you've done it what you're going to do. Isn't that weird? So, think of your kids, all right? If you give your kids the choice of whatever they want to eat, and let's give them two plates with, say, 
broccoli and ice cream, okay? You can throw in carrots and a whole pile of other things as well if you want. But you can give them unlimited choice and you know they're going to choose the ice cream. You just know they're going to choose the ice cream. Now that isn't anywhere near close to, to explaining the omniscience of God, but it just helps us in our earthly way to understand, oh yeah, well maybe there is a way in which you can have freedom of choice and prior knowledge. So what does that mean for us? Well, there's a bit of an issue here, isn't there? I mean, we're being very polite and very kind about it this morning and saying that it's choices and consequences and actions and all that kind of stuff. But it's all down to this three-letter word, isn't it? And it really comes down to sin. And we're calling our choices choices and our actions actions, but it really comes down to sin. And I'm sorry, it's an old-fashioned word, I know all of that, but it's kind of true. There's no other word for it. So due to some bad choices, we now have sin in the world. So the actions, the events that happened in the Garden of Eden led to massive consequences for the rest of creation. God's choice and decision to send Jesus, Jesus' decision to accept his lot and to go through with it has massive consequences for each of us. And our decision day to day to either turn to Christ or not also has consequences. So, our choices matter. Two exclamation marks. thought it was important in the modern way. Put two exclamation marks because somehow that makes it more important. Speak to your kids. You know, they text it all the time. Yeah. Um, so choices lead to actions. Um, and actions, our choices, can lead either towards or away from God. Those actions that lead us away from God and those choices that act lead us away from God are sins. You dress it up however you want it, but it's just true. And we can think of the murderers, the thieves, and all the rest of it, but the fact is any choice that takes us away from God is a sin. And we have a choice in that. So again, this time, I'm going to go two exclamation marks and block capitals. I thought it was that important. Our choices do matter. The way we live our, li- live our lives matter. The actions that we take matter. We know that from um, from James. We can read in uh, James 2 verse 14. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. There's that word again. But... Deeds are important. Choices are important. But let's not run away with the idea that our salvation is dependent on them. It's not. We know from Ephesians, second chapter of Ephesians, that uh, for it is by grace that we've been saved, through faith, through the gift of faith. It's not from ourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, not by works, not by works. So that no one can boast, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And here's the thing. 
which God prepared in advance for us to do. So those good works are important. Our salvation isn't, doesn't depend on it, but those good, good works were dependent, were created by God in advance for us to do. And we can either choose to do them, choose to live the life that God wants us to live, or we can choose another path. So, um, back to school tomorrow. Groans from the kids if they were here. Cheers for the par- from the parents, no doubt, and the grandparents who've been involved in childcare over the summer holidays. A few, a few nodding heads there. But it's back to school tomorrow. So I was thinking in the spirit of that, we could do some homework. What about that? We could have some homework. We don't often have homework at church. We kind of almost do, but I was thinking, well, let's formalise it. I don't want it on my, my desk, 9 o'clock the following Monday morning. It's nothing as rigid as that. But I was thinking we could, we could sort of do some homework. So it's not a test. There's no right answer. It can be private or public. It can be kind of religious or not. But it's just an opportunity for us this week, um, next slide please, um, to make a choice which brings us closer to God. And God will provide you with one. I have no doubt about that. There will be a decision that you need to make this week, which you can either choose to bring you closer to God or not. It may be private and quiet. It may be public. It may well be a big, major thing in your life. It may well be a small thing. But there will be something this week which you can choose, we can choose, to either come closer to God or not. It might be a, a, a way in which we can demonstrate our love for the Lord. It, may be, it might be a way in which we can demonstrate the love for our neighbour. But there will be something. And in closing, I was going to say, wouldn't it be nice if we could all just... I'm not going to ask for a show of hands or anything like that, but in our hearts and in our minds, just think, yeah, when that choice comes, I'm going to make a choice which brings me closer to God and perhaps take a different choice than Ananias and Sapphira and possibly even a different choice than Lot made and for my part I will try desperately not to buy another Aston Martin (laughs) at least not this week Amen Amen